<laughs> hey everybody thanks for joining us for today's episode of real estate disruptors today we have jamil damji four time repeat offender amazing i mean i'm honored thank you honored i'm honored thank you steve i appreciate you having me on again and um it's been a journey it's been a journey so today jamil's gonna share how an idea became a dream and then became a reality the story of how kegley became a franchise uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I help entrepreneurs create businesses that support their family lifestyle and goals through mentorship. I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. And we've got our workshop in actually two weeks. So if you guys wanna check that out, disruptors.com slash workshop. The feedback we've gotten is um, there was way more information than they expected and way more transparent than they thought really possible because they've never seen anyone expose their business that much. So again, if you want to check that out, disruptors.com slash workshop. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for the show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Jamil to answer. You ready? Born ready, bro. All right. So number four. So let's talk about it. What's going on, man? It's uh, a lot. Is a lot has happened, right? A lot Since has happened. The last time I was on the show, actually, the last time I was here, I was with Pace, mm-hmm. um, and that was amazing. We we went on tour. It was beautiful. I mean, my brother, you know, he's uh, uh, just that that Pace and Jamil do America was probably the most fun I had because I got to get out into the country mm-hmm. and see and meet people that are watching us right. and watching the show and and, and seeing preach the gospel and preach the gospel collaboration. of collaboration and um it was life-changing and then COVID happened mm-hmm. and a little, little minor inconvenience little, little minor inconvenience global pandemic and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know i i i was i'm really thankful for that time and uh you know, Pace is going on tour again mm-hmm. with Laura. They're going to yeah. be riding their RV around the United States yeah, the and visiting. Mystery bus or whatever they call yep, it. Yep, yep. Their Airstream. Um, and you know, uh, I'm sure he'll be cooking Korean barbecue in there. Um, but uh, uh, guys, if any of you uh, know Pace, follow Pace. Uh, go out and meet him. He's going to be in in America and wanting to meet everybody. So hit him up on Instagram and, and catch him when he's in your town. Yeah, so I think that you know a lot of people know your story, right? They watched an episode before, but I just wanna do a really, really quick recap, right? Okay. Uh, so, uh, cause I posted this, I think on, my, on, uh, on Instagram, right? The OG mentor, right? You're the one that coached me, kind of showed me what was possible, even though I had you know someone else I knew doing it, I was like, eh, it's not really work. I don't know. <laughs> but you were the one that, that helped me, you know, kind of see this like, wow, you know, it really, um, you know, a lot of people say that uh, the first one you do is the ones like, man, this is real. Right. So you're the first one to help me make a 10K assignment fee. I love it. Right. And so kind of walk me through it. So um, we met around one, like 2013. Yeah. 2012, I thought. But yeah, right. 12, 13, 12, right. 13. And so when we first met, you were on your own. Right. I was this little broker, right? Uh, not a little broker, a scary broker. <laughs> right. Uh, but then, you know, we've kind of evolved to a friendship. And yes. then at some point you had this idea. I did. Yeah. What was this idea? Well, um, the idea was for something big, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember it very clearly. Josiah and I uh, had been, and Hunter, my sister included, so the four mm-hmm. of us, we had been loosely doing deals with each other for about six months. And Josiah and I met at Kitchen 54 in Phoenix. And um, I, I said, look, I want to talk to you. I've got an idea and, you know, hear me out. And All so right. I said, I want to build a national wholesale company that is doing deals all across the country that has a branded name that everybody knows, everyone trusts, and everyone works with. And I want to call it Home Max. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And because that, and we were like, well, that sounds a lot like CarMax. Well, that's the point. I know. I, <laughs> but I remember the these point. conversations. Right. Right. The point was I wanted it to sound like CarMax. I was biting CarMax for sure. Right. And yeah. so I go and, I go and register homemax.com. It co- cost me like 
10 grand to do it. Yeah, I was really ambitious. And so uh, Josiah being Josiah, he's like, I love it. This is amazing. Yes, we can do this. Let's go. And he contacts a trademark attorney and the trademark attorney's like, yeah, no, the trademark's taken. So Josiah calls me and says, so your idea about growing something big, national, that's branded, that's everywhere, can't happen with Home Max. Not original. Um, not not original a, enough. not original, <laughs> and B, like, um, it's already taken. Yeah. So so I, I sold the domain for a loss, and then we literally batted back and forth, Hunter, Josiah, myself, my sister, trying to figure out what to call this thing. Yeah. And um, after, uh, meditating one one evening, uh, my wife and I were laying around, and we came to the conclusion that we needed to have a word that wasn't a word, mm -hmm. right? In order to to get a domain that's a .com, we needed something that we mashed together, but really was the essence of what our business was, and the the essence of our business is trading keys for happiness, mm -hmm. right? And so um, the concept of key glee came out of that. And so I, I floated the name to Josiah and Hunter and Rahima and all of them were like, that is the cutest name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's super neat. And, um, and that was it. That was the, the birth of the idea. And um, I mean, our first office was not even Josiah's living room. I, it was Sip Coffee Shop on Indian School and 36th Street. Like oh. that, was, that was the OG office of, of where things really began. And um, Thinking back to the fact that it was just a few guys hanging out in a coffee shop doing deals, which then morphed into a few more people in Josiah's living room doing deals, mm -hmm. which morphed into a few more people in a small office doing deals, which morphed into taking over the next office with more people doing deals, and then now doing deals across the country, helping people do and learn this business. I'm. I'm, I wake up every day and I can't believe it. Right. So when was this? I mean, you, you probably remember what, when exactly you guys incorporated. When exactly did you guys incorporate? December 17th, 2016, I believe. So 2016. So, but it was an idea for how long? Um, I mean, you know, I had been meditating on growing the most successful wholesale company for about a year prior to that. Yeah where that was what my focus was in, you know, in my mind, when I would meditate in the morning, that was my goal mm -hmm. to, was to, to build, to create and build the most successful wholesale operation in the United States. And that was my mantra. I'm not joking. Like that's what I would say to myself with my eyes closed every single day. Yeah. Um, and so I would say a year before that was when the idea really started to take hold of me. And then, you know, the universe conspires to make your dreams real. It's amazing. If you think about it and you dream about it, you can make it happen. Yes. Now, I'm going to make this a little personal. I was sharing this with you earlier. Yes, don't make, cry. Don't make me cry. Well, I'm not going to make you cry. <laughs> okay. The goal is to make you feel guilty, remember? Okay. So, uh, so a lot of you guys have heard, you know, the Washer Show is that I'm totally against, you know, partnerships, right? And uh, when you and I are talking, we were talking about I was going to be part of this, not Keegley at the time, I was like, hey, Let's join forces, right? Yes. Me, you, Rahima, Josiah. We were Josiah. at the VIG. We were at the VIG. Yes. Right? And with, with Natalie. Yes. Right? And so we were talking about, you know, uh, the five of us combining forces, and I got greedy, right? So, because um, also you guys weren't the first one, and we shared this, right? We were talking about Open Door, OfferPad, right. and these other companies, like, you know, how do we compete against these guys? And so for me, like I said, I've always been opposed to partnerships, like, ah you know, splitting this this many ways. I just don't know if this makes sense for me. And um, I've shared with you personally, I've never shared this publicly, but like I was also recruited by OfferPad, right? They right. were gonna give me part of it. And I was like, ah, it's too small. Hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> OfferPad's done pretty well. Yeah. Keeg was doing pretty well. So a little bit of like, you know, you know, like the girl that got away. Yeah. Right? So um, just, um, I think, I don't, I don't know if there's a lesson there, but you know, for a lot of people that are listening, you know, like sometimes you, I say no to a lot of opportunities. Sometimes it's wrong, but you live with it, right? Right. But I don't know, if, you know, Josiah and Hunter know that I was part of this conversation. Um, but yeah, they, they, they they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, everybody was really open to to Steve Trang being around and yeah. and and being a part of us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're a likable person. You do business. 
uh, honest. You right. know, there's there all of the things and the the characteristics that make somebody a viable choice to do business with yeah. or be a partner with. You have right, and right. so yes, by all means that uh, you know everyone will remember that, and I'm sure right. Josiah and Hunter watching right now will be like, oh yeah, snap! <laughs> I can't believe that. Right. <laughs> you know. And so. Uh, I wouldn't say that greed can necessarily get in the way, but just sometimes, you know, you make the best decision you can make and you live with it. But it's something I want to share because this is a big part, not a big part, but it's part of the story. Right. Right. And uh, Alex Science says, is screaming your name here on Facebook. So 2016, yes. awesome guy. So 2016, we're saying, okay, we want to be the biggest. What did it start? What did it look like? when you guys first, I mean, what kind of volume are you guys doing? I mean, our first month, um, so in December, uh, I think we did seven deals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like, you know, don't, 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 yeah. right? Um, but not bad, you know, seven deals is respectable. A lot of people would want that. A lot of people would want that. And I, and I don't want to minimize or, or like, you know, be weird about that. Like seven deals is a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And um, And that's great, but it wasn't, exciting at the yeah. time for me right and so we did seven deals we we made some good money but then like you know christmas happened and the break happened and then we got back to it in january and january was just like i think we might have done like 25 mm -hmm. and then february we might have done like 30 or 35 and then it was like we got to when we got to a point where we're doing a deal a day because yeah. i remember that was the mantra in the office right guys a deal a day a deal a day a deal a day and everybody would scream that right we got to do a deal a day and and we did it right when we hit that deal a day mark it was it was amazing right we thought wow the pinnacle we've we've broken through we've broken through a volume record we're doing things that people aren't doing and this is amazing mm -hmm. and then we started to understand that there was no record that there was no ceiling that we were really paving a path right yeah. and that we were really just competing against our own numbers and ourselves at we that really point. are competing against ourselves right yeah so, unprecedented yes yes so then you start to get weird about it right mm -hmm. so it's like you're really trying to like beat your neck your last record or your last record and then that became the the culture right that became what we were trying to do is just excel get more efficient and again i can't i can't give enough gratitude and um and thanks to my business partners because you know, each of us brings something different to the table. I mean, you know, Rahima's a like a, an on the streets problem solver. She'll she'll you know deal with tenants and terrible things and you know hoarder houses and craziness. N nothing we would do. Mm -hmm. Hunter deals with the math and making sure that our numbers line up and that that we're efficient. And beyond that, making sure the systems that of each department are efficient and that people are doing the things that they're supposed to do. And like, that's not metrics. something I want to do. He's the metrics guy. He's the metrics guy, right? Yep. Josiah is uh, a world-class visionary, mm -hmm. right? He is the man who, who sees tomorrow. Yeah. And that's incredible. And I am uh, a street fighter, <laughs> right? Like I'm on the front line doing mm -hmm. deals. Like that's yeah. my love. Yeah. I love doing deals so much that, that it's become a part of my DNA. Yeah. So, I, I, and I still do deals. I, I love it, right? I, I remember when COVID happened, pre-COVID, I was traveling around and I had kind of gotten away from doing deals for like six months or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID happened, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna just sit on the back burner here and let my team kind of look around and say, what's happening? I'm gonna get out and do deals. Right. I'm gonna be the one on my team that's gonna post in Slack that I sold a deal today. Right. And, well, and I remember because we have our, or our weekly conversations, right? Yes. So some of you guys that don't know, like Jamil and I have our Sunday accountability call. And I was talking, you know, we were talking about what's going on, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm, I'm hustling. Like, what do you mean you're hustling? Like, I'm calling agents, I'm calling other wholesalers. Like, Jamil's prospecting. Yes. And no one thinks about that, right? Like, yes. we all have this goal of like, you know, we want to get bigger, we want to hire people, and uh, you want to hire VAs to cold call, which is great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong about that. But it's in your DNA. It really is. You're wired for it. And if you're wired for it, then you're, you're, you're never going to lose that. You're never going to wonder what's going on with your business per se. Right. Because I can always just know that I can pick up my phone and make mm -hmm. money. Yeah. Right. I can pick up my phone and do and deals. there's power in that. And there's power in that. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it, it gives me, it really just makes me feel like I, I can always control my destiny. Yeah. And I'm not going to let a pandemic affect that. Not right. Get in the way. 
Not at all. So I want to take a step back real quick because we're talking about uh, culture. Yes. So um, some people have said when you go to visit Keegley, kind of feels like a cult. <laughs> right. And I look at that as a compliment. It is. Right. In fact, I gave a presentation in Houston about how to build your own cult. Right. And the reason why I say that is if you guys look at the root word in culture. Exactly. It's cult. Right. And if you don't have a cult like atmosphere where everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid, things can get kind of out of hand. So like having a cult means everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction. Everyone is bought in on the vision. So can you talk about how you guys are, are, are building your culture, maintaining your culture? Yes. So it always goes back to the core foundation of the company culture and it's the foundation of love, right? There's two things and we believe there's two things in this world that are real, fear and love. And you can build a company based on fear. You could. Where, where, and, it, and it happens, you know, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, for instance, if yeah. you watch that movie and you think of the way that that atmosphere looked, it was fearful. Although mm. everyone was scared of something. It was like scared not to win, scared not to make money, scared not to this, scared to look bad, scared, mm -hmm. you know, the fear, 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 fear. It's a driving force and it's very powerful, yeah. but it's negative, right? And and at the end result of fear isn't what you want. No. And and so we looked at it and- You think you want it. You think you want it because it does come with the cars, the house, mm -hmm. and the things, the material things that, that success says you have, it's supposed right? To look You're like. supposed to look like, yeah. but inside you feel like dog shit, mm -hmm. right? And that's what happens with fear. On the other side, love, which is a more powerful, a much more powerful and, and universally binding emotion. And, and, and in my opinion, the only thing that's real, um, we start there. And so everybody in the company comes to their job every day and they say, how can I support and how can I love the people that I work with, my the people that I work for, the wholesalers that we're selling deals for, the sellers that are behind that deal, mm -hmm. and the buyer that's buying that deal. How can I bring my best to the office every day so that I can show them I love them? Right. And that is where the business happens. Yeah. And, right? and I think you absolutely need to have this because if you have 30 people and they're not all believing in the same thing. Right. It's just gonna be utter chaos. Utter chaos. Yeah. That and then you know there is a there is an abandonment of like this sense of I can't do this right. Look, I, there's there's a, a guy on my team, Andrew. Right, um, he's one of my best friends. He moved here from L.A. Uh, on 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 a hope certificate that I signed. Right, I said he he was you know he was needing a change in life. He was out of a um, leaving a situation or leaving a a, a job. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, if you know anybody in property management, because that's what he was doing, like luxury property management in Beverly Hills, you know, if, and know of anyone property management, I could use a change of scenery. I'd like to come out and see stuff. And I was like, drop everything, sell your shit and come work with me. Yeah. And he did. And then his first three months were terrible for him. Right. He wasn't making the money he wanted. He wasn't having the things, the success, the success he wanted. It didn't look the way he expected it to look. And he called me and he said, let's chat. And mm -hmm. so we met at Native New Yorker because I love chicken wings. And I, and I just said to him, Andrew, I, I, I want you to do me a favor. I want for the next little while, even though this may be something that you don't want to do, I want you to wake up every day and I want you to meditate on what you want. Like, how much money do you want to make? What do you want your life to look like? And I want you to forget that that feels weird to you and may, might sound stupid and, and as crazy and as, and as complicated as you think that can be, mm -hmm. do it, do it for me, do it for you. And I, and I'm telling you no word of a lie, uh, everything that he wanted to transpire, he is living right now. That's awesome. And, and that is, is so powerful to me that I can tell somebody, this is how, what I did. They do it and they, and, and they achieve, right? Right. That, that is like, that is what the culture is. Yeah. The culture is that we're not trying to um, have anybody sell their dreams to come and work for us. No. It's how, what do you dream of? What do you want? Come work with us and make them happen. Right. How right? we can do it together. Exactly. So I'm going to take a quick detour here because uh, you were on, um, I guess it's also hotline, part of Pace's marathon. Crazy. Yes. Crazy marathon. And there was something you said there. Uh, someone asked you about the legalities of wholesaling. Yes. I think that's an appropriate topic for this podcast. Sure. 
you want to elaborate on what you, someone's asking you, do you think wholesaling will ever be illegal? I don't believe that because I believe in the inherent uh, value of a contract. And, and America is built on contracts, right? Mm -hmm. The Declaration of Independence is a contract. All of these are contracts. These are ideas signed and ratified by people who say that we are believing in this contract. And those contracts can always be assigned, mm -hmm. right? right? And so um, I can assign my interest in a contract and that is just what I am allowed to do as an American, as a capitalist, as somebody who believes in, in what we do here. Um, I can always have that available to me. Yeah. I do believe that regulation is around the corner. Yeah, we see, we've seen it in Illinois. Yes. Potentially in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. I believe that regulation is around the corner. And I'm not opposed to it. I really am not. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, because you're our broker, yeah. um, everybody at Keegley's licensed. And we did it that way from the beginning because of that, right? right? Because we wanted to have our team be cognizant of the rules, the regulations, the way to um, do this business in the most genuine and 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 really above board way as possible right? right and if you do that and if you come with that spirit i think that there should never be a fear of regulation regulations are fine yeah right um but no i don't believe wholesaling will ever be illegal i think it'll be regulated and i think that we'll, we'll all have to get licensed um but guys like getting your real estate license is not rocket science right it's i wish it were but it's not it's not it's it's like getting the your driver's license uh maybe even easier yes right um, yeah i mean it's like passing a breathalyzer yes oh well well <laughs> you know there's like there's either you pass or fail on a breathalyzer right? right but um but but the real estate exam is 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 passable and yeah. you can do it and it doesn't take a lot you just got to study get some practice tests learn the practice tests and and get your license and then don't think about it anymore right and i'm just so just a quick plug for you everyone that wasn't in case you guys didn't hear keegley's licensed at stunning homes Realty. yes because stunning homes realty is the best brokerage in arizona hands down country but i, I don't want to put words in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> country <laughs> so let's take a uh, again you know a, a step back again so you guys partnered up 2016 and your vision that they bought into biggest wholesaling operation in the country correct while everyone's happy in the process so what was the roadmap or like you know like having an idea is great but you have to execute it you have to have a plan what that plan look like you know it started with really Josiah and Hunter at, in the beginning wanting to extract the things that were in my mind and in Hunter's mind and in their mind and then systematize it because mm -hmm. they were doing uh, a lot of great things but they were you know, um, really rudimentary systems at the time, right? Like copying, pasting texts and mm -hmm. like not things that you could really scale with, myself included. And so um, after really interviewing ourselves and getting a taking a, an account of what we did all day, Josiah and Hunter then thought about ways to systematize it. And I have to, again, that wasn't me. That's not Jamil. That is not me, right? I didn't do that. That was all them. Yeah. And so um they systematized it and they built it and then we started hiring and then people were plugging into those systems and then those systems started to work mm -hmm. and that was good yeah. and we felt success from that and then we just continued that over and over and over again and as we've grown um josiah has by by far uh, taken on the role of of really taking the initial idea and giving it this like brilliant vision right franchising wasn't me mm -hmm. right that 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 didn't come to my heart that came to his yeah and and i believe it came to his heart from god like that's I, what i truly believe in as does he and so um he he approached the hunter and myself and and my sister and said i have this idea of of how we can expand this nationwide because it was an idea that we wanted to do mm -hmm. we wanted to do deals across the country that was one of my goals was to do a deal in every major city in the united states yeah. right how are we going to do that so there's the offer pad open door path where you get venture capital and and you scale that way you lose a bunch of money for many many years and mm -hmm. try to um, you know, capture market share and, and, and win. And that's cool. Uh, but when I was with you in Dallas, mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to talk to Gary V, yeah. right? And I asked Gary V that question. I remember you asking him that question. And I said, how do you feel about 
us, Keegley, taking venture capital. Mm. And he said, don't. Don't do it. Unless you want your company to be fixed and flipped, don't do it. Because right. that's exactly what venture capitalists will do. I think he said don't sell out. Well, that, but really, like, you know, because he, he knew that he was talking to an audience of flippers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I remember the analogy, and it hit me right in the chest, yeah. that he they literally would come into our company, not care about the culture, not care about anything that we had built and and drive it towards their ultimate profits not ours but the investors profits right yeah. and then what happens to all of us in the process is not their business or ours anymore mm -hmm. yeah and and there was a fear that Josiah and Hunter had that bringing in outside funding even though we didn't need it that that was what going to happen right and so he validated that, it he validated it absolutely and so we're well capitalized right we don't spend our money we don't take our money home uh, we take paychecks, but all of us, but you know, uh, we've kept a lot of the funds in the company. And mm -hmm. so we looked at it and said, well, our P&Ls are amazing, yeah. right? Our cash balances are great. This is a very replicatable model. And I think that's what we should do, right? And so Josiah brought that to the table. And so franchising became an idea. And then I don't know if you've ever looked into what it takes to become a franchise. I've looked into the ideas of buying a franchise. So, you know, for a while, this is pre-real estate. You know, I was like, well, I need to, as an engineer, W-2 income, I can't rely on this to get wealthy. So I looked at franchises and every franchise was like 150 to 300,000. Yes. Before you sell your first smoothie. Right. And I remember like the application, I went to look at Jamba Juice. Okay, awesome. It's like, okay, so like part of the application is you have, have had to have had 75 successful businesses prior. Yes. What? <laughs> right? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, hoops that you have to jump through yeah. as an applicant, yeah. right? Um, but for Jamba Juice to become a franchise, it is like, dude, the it is a complete checkup, right? Yeah. It's federally regulated, first of all. Mm -hmm. So the government's involved. Yeah. Um, this at a state level, they're involved. Your your finances are audited. Your business model is audited. Mm -hmm. Your uh, you have to create what's called an FDD, which is a two hundred page document that outlines everything we do from basic you know from start to finish. We have to provide our our P and Ls, and then we're not allowed to make any projections. Yeah. Right. So if somebody calls me and says, "Hey, I'm interested in a franchise. How much can I make on this?" My answer is, "I am I am." Unable to give you that answer based on federal law. And yeah. I that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. And then when somebody wants to buy a franchise, so say we're on a conversation, they say, I want to buy a franchise. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I can't sell it to them for 14 days. Because mm -hmm. for 14 days, they have to take time and think about it and read the FDD and talk to their attorney and talk to their lawyers and talk to their wife and talk to God. Mm -hmm. And if all of those things line up, in 14 days, we might be business partners. And so it's a complete shift from what you know partnerships or you know tr traditional businesses look like or yeah. this is this is real mm -hmm. and but it's amazing yeah so when did Josiah have this vision of franchising um you know i think that he, he, it was probably always in his head like there was a seed there that was that was planted um it's been about a year right, since we started the process. So I'd say he probably had that thought or that inspiration about a year ago. And um, and then it was just like, all of us were like, yeah. Yeah, well, I remember, it. like, you were so giddy. Yes. You couldn't even, like, keep it a secret. No. It was like, Steve, 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 I gotta tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you close the door and you whisper, like, hey, we're gonna franchise. <laughs> right? But that's awesome. Yes. And that's great. So um, I think this is a really important story to share because a lot of people that are listening, right? They might be trying to do their first deal or they've gotten a couple of deals and they're trying to figure out what the, the, the future holds, what it looks like, where they can get to, right? And the reason why this is an important story for me to share is that anything's possible. If you, you know, it's, it's a thinking or right? Whatever man can conceive, he can achieve. And so you have this vision of being the biggest wholesaling company in the country and you're just moving towards it. And yes, Josiah has the vision of franchising 
a year ago, but that's just part of the original dream. Right. Right. And so I think everyone needs to understand like, yes, there are struggles. Yes. There are a lot of days that suck in business. Like 95% of the business times business just sucks. Absolutely. It can, it can, but man, when things are going great, what you can achieve that, that 5%, like most people will never even be able to conceive it and even dream about it. Right. And we can actually live it. Right. So it's amazing. Um, you know, you, you know, I love Tupac, right? Mm -hmm. And he has this song staring at the world through my rear view. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's exactly what that was. And and what he was trying to tell people is that you got to look at the world from it being behind you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that never really made sense to me until I was like, Oh my God, if it's behind me, that means I have what I want. Mm -hmm. And if I'm living in that, that means I'm living in faith. Yeah. And if I'm living in faith, I can do anything I want. Right. And that's, the power because when you live in faith who god's got your back yeah. right like w- you can walk off the you can walk off a building i don't do that but like you you know <laughs> what i mean like that's how you feel well you've got all the uh, faith confidence you've got belief and when you've got belief anything is possible 100 percent. yeah so we've talked about the journey to franchising if someone wanted to be a franchisee, what does that even look like? So, well, great, before, I still want to be the first franchise in Phoenix. Just, yes. I want to put that out there. I've got your name written down okay, on, on the list. <laughs> and you're first. I think Pace is second. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, so what it looks like is um, we start off by having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? So, well, actually, it starts off by you emailing franchise at keegley.com. And in the subject line, you write, I want to talk to Jamil mm-hmm. <laughs> about yeah. a franchise. Yeah. And you'll get an application. And that application asks you some fundamental questions, right? Just about your, your past, your history, not your like past past, but like your past in business, right? Your history in business, what your uh, what it looks like for you right 75 now. 75 successful businesses beforehand. Not, it's not, that's not necessary. <laughs> uh, we're not that robust in that sense. Um, but we'll get a get an understanding of if we think just on paper you make a, you're the right fit, and then I hop on a call with you, mm-hmm. right? And we chat for about an hour, and I, I I ask you questions, and you ask me questions, and and I try to I try I I start off those conversations by saying ask me the most uncomfortable questions that you think you can ask me. You're not going to offend me, and if you offend me, we shouldn't be business partners, mm-hmm. right? I can I can confirm it's it's nearly impossible to offend Jamil. It, I, I've been offended, but I, I have to, once I like start to realize I'm offended by something, I have to understand why I am offending myself mm-hmm. because it's my reaction anyways, right? Like you can't do anything to me. I do it to me. Right. You right? allow it to happen. I allow it to happen. And so, um, but I, but I have that conversation because I want people to understand and feel, um, open to just say what they want or ask what they want. And we have uh, a conversation and we determine whether or not we're a good fit for each other. Um, and if we are a good fit for each other and you can meet the financial requirement, which is a hundred grand, mm-hmm. um, we then, um, make a soft commitment, right? So a person would make a soft commitment and say, I'm interested in moving forward. Uh, and I'd like to, a copy of the FDD. And then we, we, there's, you know, some things that they have to sign. Uh, it's a soft commitment again, mm-hmm. you know, they can back out, right? Um, they get the FDD and then over the next two weeks, there's things that they have to do, right? So they got to talk to their attorney and we're checking in with them continuously to see how that's looking. Um, but it's really a, a time to ponder, a time to think about really take inventory of this is really what you want because I don't want a half partner, mm-hmm. right? We don't, we, we want successful partnerships. We're putting our all into it. And I want the person who's sitting on the other side, a hundred grand is nothing to us. I, I don't mean to sound that's, you know, I don't mean that in a in an arrogant way. I'm just saying that's not the 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 root of this. Mm-hmm. The root of why we're doing this is our partnership, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we're all going to get money. That's where we're all going to change our lives and and feed our families and 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 grow the value and the worth of the company, right? And so, that's what I'm interested in is how will you do as a partner? Yeah. And and in that 14 days, you have to make that self determination of am I going to be a good partner in this. And I've got to think, is this person going to be a good partner? And, and you know, um, unfortunately, we've turned people away. In fact, when I first announced that we're franchising, uh, 200 people 
raised their hand and said, I have the, the funds. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, to be a part of this. And, you know, that unfortunately we didn't, we didn't allow a lot of people even to the, the phone call stage, right? Because yeah. it has to be the right fit. And um, it goes back to the culture piece too. It does. We're talking about. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and so you you get to that point and uh, and say, for instance, you know, you're 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 in the 14 days and things look great. You talk to your attorney. They love it. Um, talk to your accountant because they have to look at the P&Ls and they love it. You know, accountants love our P&Ls because Hunter is so good. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're real. <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. Right. So your accountant loves it. Your wife loves it. or Your husband loves it. And then you pray on it. You know, and if and if you feel good about it and we decide to become partners, I mean, it's amazing. Right. The the next step then is is the deliverables and the things that we have to do Mm -hmm. in order to ensure that our franchise is going to be successful. What are some of those deliverables? Well, I'm glad you asked. So uh, the first is as a franchise owner, you operate as the Keegley brand in your town or your city Mm -hmm. or market. Right. And so that's power in itself. We've done a very good job of building the brand and there's an inherent goodwill of incoming leads that come just being Keegley, mm-hmm. right? And so there's that leads and there's that there's the there's that asset there. The second asset, which in my opinion is the tangible asset, is that Keegley actually builds your list. Mm-hmm. Right? So what we're known for, our core competency is our ability to build buyers lists, better buyers lists than anybody can build, right? Yeah. Not only the list, but the training and the capacity to be able to get the depth of relationship required in order to sell those deals to those people, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that second deliverable is evergreen, meaning that month after month, we add to that list. Yeah. The third deliverable is who do you do businesses? Where where do the deals come from? And so every month we deliver to you new lead sources on where the deals come from. The fourth deliverable is, is access to our entire office, right? And so they come in, they shadow uh, everything that goes on in Keegley, corporate, uh, and then we send them home with uh, onboarding for their team in order for them to replicate at a scaled down version of what Keekly corporate looks like right. in their own home office, right? Or in their own office. Um, the fifth deliverable is that they plug into Keekly Creative, which is a nationwide distribution of creative deals. Mm-hmm. And then they're personally trained by our friend Pace. Yeah. Right. And so he knows a thing or two about creative. And he, he absolutely does. Right. And so just within that, Mm-hmm. The deliverables are are stacked yeah. in in order for you to do uh, volume and and tremendous business, and then if you're also one of those homevester types, I'm not you know talking to any homevesters here, but if you're a homevester, um, and uh, you like belly to belly sales, mm-hmm. you want seller direct leads, there is an ad spend component that you could tap into, mm-hmm. but that's not Keegley's core model, right? right? So the, that is a side deliverable that we offer. Um, and uh, and you could get seller direct leads that way through a monthly ad spend. But we believe that all that you require in order to do the business at the highest level possible um, will be available to you through those four deliver through those five deliverables. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So we're going to go with some questions here. Awesome. Um, Warner's asking if I want to be KW as well. I'm not going to answer that question. Uh, a lot of people really resonate with you. I love it. Love Thank what you, you guys. Have to say. Thank um, you. Fogtown King wants to know how do you find uh, institutional buyers to buy deals from you? Uh, great question, right? So uh, we do a lot of deals with institutional buyers, and uh, really it's about reverse engineering where the deals are going. Right. So institutional buyers can come in different packages. They're not just hedge funds. Mm-hmm. They're also portfolio owners and portfolio owners as as sophisticated as it sounds and as and as uh, deep as those portfolios can get. They're really just regular people. Right. Mm-hmm. For instance, Zach keeps. He's an individual you had on the show here. And that would be somebody I would call a portfolio owner. Right. Mm-hmm. So how would you meet Zach keeps? It's not as hard as it is meeting somebody from a hedge fund, right? right? Now you can do business with hedge funds. Hedge funds are a little more difficult because their buying requirements are a lot harder. Stringent. Stringent than portfolio owners, right? Mm -hmm. And so we do both. Um, We reverse engineer to find the hedge funds that are buying and then we reach out to their representatives, we build relationships with them and we sell them deals. Um, Fortunately, uh, 
they will buy a, a high volume of deals. Unfortunately, as wholesalers or small wholesalers, their buying requirements will typically involve inspection periods longer than your inspection period, um, refundable earnest deposits, mm -hmm. and sometimes closing day shenanigans, right? And so if you're- Well, not just closing day shenanigans, you might have to take the deal down. 100%. Uh, they may require it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, and I, when I say shenanigans, uh, let, me re let me rephrase that. Closing day surprises. Challenges. Challenges, yeah. right? Um, because they're not shenanigans, they're real, right? But, but there's challenges on closing day and that's tough. Um, but the portfolio guys, those, those individuals that own deep, deep real estate portfolios, but they're managed by a really accessible person. Mm -hmm. We're really good at uncovering who those people are uh, through our multitude of, of outreach messages or outreach um, uh, uh, avenues and verticals. Some of it's social media, some of it's tax records, some of it's other proprietary um, channels. But, um, but ultimately, we like to focus on portfolio owners at a higher degree because selling properties to an individual like a Zach Keeps is a lot simpler. And, yeah. and when you make a relationship with someone like that, uh, they buy from you for good. Right, it's right? a human element, it's not a, it's not a computer. Correct. I had Zach over at my house um, two weeks ago and we were chatting and having a nice time when Ty was in town. Mm -hmm. And um, he was saying, you know, uh, he had bought in like 50 something houses off uh, Doug Hopkins, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, I had a twinge of a little bit of like FOMO because I'm like, oh, why doesn't, why can't I sell 55 houses to Zach, right? Yeah. He's, you're in my, you're in my kitchen right now, <laughs> yeah. right? But, but it's cool, right? It's like, because there's a depth of relationship there. Now I have a great relationship with Zach. We've sold him many houses, mm -hmm. but I didn't sell him 56 last year. No, me neither. Right, and so, um, so that's it, right? You find who they are. And, and the reason why Zach buys from Doug as often as he does is he loves Doug, mm -hmm. right? They get along, they know each other, they trust each other. And so um, the answer to that question is uh, you can uncover who they are based off of what they own, um, but you can keep them by building a deep relationship. And so, uh, so depth of relationship is really the key to, to being able to make that work. Got it. Uh, his follow-up question is, and I don't know if you know the answer to this question, is who, where is Keeley licensed in Florida? Um, which brokerage? Mm -hmm. I, I, we are licensed, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think you were the person that no. asked. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, Diane wants to know, what is your morning routine? Oh, I love that. So my morning routine is uh, still the same. Mm -hmm. um, I wake up, I meditate, and um, then I have some coffee, pet and love my dogs, and I go to the gym, and I work out with a trainer. I sauna after that. I come back, I sit down, ha hang out with my wife for a little while and chit chat. And then, you know, those are, I, I'm in, meanwhile, I'm doing deals, I'm talking to people, I'm on my phone, I'm in business, but, the meditation, the gym, and the conversations with my wife and that time where we're all fresh, those are non-negotiables for me, mm -hmm. right? So you'll know, and other people know, like you don't schedule a meeting with Jamil before 11 a.m. I know, well, I didn't know that. I just knew every time I said 9 a.m., it was always a hard no. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's because for me to be at my optimal mm -hmm. uh, all day, I have to make sure that those things are, are taken care of. Yeah. And so, that's just what it is, right? right? And my morning routine is, it's non-negotiable. It is what I do every day. The pandemic did throw me through a tailspin a little bit. I slept a little all bit later. I slept a little bit longer. I didn't meditate every day. Even though I had all the time in the world, I- More time yeah. does not help. More time it does not help. It makes things worse. It was weird. I, I, I definitely um, saw myself kind of un unravel a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that was also fun. It was also fun to see uh, how I can tailspin or the things that I could do. Or, but again, um, I saw a lot of people like really drink a lot over <laughs> over uh, the pandemic time during the lockdown, and I didn't do that, so yeah. I feel good about that. So. That is good. Uh, I want to uh, hit. You, you mentioned the uh, the gym. So you're on my. You want to talk about why you're at the gym? You're on my show the first time. What happened? Well, what my doctor said to me, or what are you talking about? Uh, there's another investor in town that called you. And said, oh, Tim. So yeah, so Tim, Tim has been like that, 
Uh, you know, in movies where where you know somebody like an angel or God comes and shows up as the janitor or something, and like and kind of you know moves you along yeah. in the right directions. So for those of you who know my story, Tim Wynn is the first person who brought me to Phoenix to do deals with, and then and then invited me to hang out with him for a week, showed me around town, opened my eyes to Phoenix, and then did deals with me for a year after that until I struck out on my own. So Tim Wynn is someone I truly and dearly love. Mm-hmm because because he changed my life right and so what happened is uh i run into tim again and i'm fat right i'm like i mean i'm chubby guys like let's not let's not beat around the bush here right i'm not a skinny man but i was like ultra fat right i was about 40 pounds heavier than i am right now really yeah and i was unhealthy i didn't feel good i was harder to move i was breathing heavy and he saw me and he was like hey bro what's up how you doing where you been and uh he actually also sold me the lot on the house, the house that I just built. Mm. So Tim is like weird. Like he brought me to Phoenix. He sold me my house and he made me go to the, start going to the gym. Right. Yeah. So like Tim's awesome. <laughs> Everyone should know Tim. Yeah. So, or have a Tim. And so Tim said, Hey, we should do some deals together. And being Jamil and being a deal junkie and always wanting to find deals and do deals. I'm like, sure. Uh, when do you want to meet? Let's let me see what you got, right? And he's like, "Well, this is what we should do. Why don't you meet me at this address at 8 a.m. on Monday, and we'll work out together, and then we'll we'll meet up afterwards, have breakfast, and do some deals." And I'm like, "Yay!" Right? Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what Tim is doing, right? Where he's going to send me, or what this is going to look like. I think we're going to go to a gym. We're going to putz around, you know, do some machine weights, and you know, mm-hmm. I might be on an elliptical machine and like half ski for you know, 25 minutes and call it a day. So, so I show up at a high intensity interval training studio and, um, I'm, I'm for the next 45 minutes murdered. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so mad at him. I'm so mad at the person yelling at me to, to, you know, (laughs) move. I'm so mad at myself for being so out of shape. And at the end of the workout, all of that anger, that I was feeling was gone. Mm -hmm. I was exhilarated. I could breathe well and I felt alive. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, like, thank you, Tim, for doing that. And what he did then is went to the uh, reception while I was still trying to get myself up off the ground uh, and bought me a pass for the rest of the month. Wow. He just bought it and he's like, hey, so I just bought you a pass for the rest of the month. So now you're going to come here every day. And I did. That's a friend. That's a friend, right? And so um, he got me into it, and and I haven't looked back since. Like I, I'm addicted I to know. the exercise now. I love the endorphins. I love yeah. uh, all of that. The feeling, it's amazing. You know, uh, health is is great, and health is not how you look, guys. Um, health is how you feel. Yeah, health is absolutely how you feel. It's awesome. Uh, Mr. Jackson wants to know what's the key differences between the Kiwi franchise and the Astro Flipping program. Great question as well. So Astro Flipping is our education program, which I head now. Um, and uh, and we, in that program, teach you what to do. But we're not doing it for you. Mm-hmm. We're not building you your list. We're not bringing you the leads, right? We're not building your systems. And, we're, and, you're, and you're not in our office, you know, replicating our, our systems and replicating our, yeah. our structure. And so, um, I would look at it like Astro Flipping is the blueprint of franchises, the house. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Warner wants to know, how did you get so good at meditating? Oh, my God. I was not so good at meditating. So I started off by doing five minutes a day with a hangover every morning. I'm just being real. We all right? start somewhere. And uh, and I wasn't in the best place, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was not in the best place, and but I but I had read Jensen Cero's book, "You Are a Badass," mm-hmm. and she talked about how everyone she knew that was successful meditated, and she didn't know why, and she didn't know how or what was about what it was about. But once she started meditating, her life changed, mm-hmm. and so she literally says in the book, like, "I don't understand it. I don't know why. I don't know what it's all about." But everybody who has anything or does anything good does this. So I've done it, and now I'm doing good things. So. Based on empirical evidence, I can say you should do this, right? right. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but I, I bought it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought, okay, I'll take that. And so I downloaded an app called Headspace. 
and they start you off when, in five minute intervals. And, and so I started off really just doing that, the five minutes of meditation with a pounding headache. Um, but what happened was the, the length of time increased and my drinking stopped. It right. naturally fell off, right? Everything in my life started to naturally find its right path, mm -hmm. find its right frequency on where it needed to be. And this was without me having to force it. And I think that that's the thing. Like, so I started off really small and I started off really forgiving of myself because it's a hard thing to do. Um, controlling your thoughts and then removing them mm -hmm. is, is what ascended masters do, right? That's the work of masters. Yeah. Um, and so don't beat yourself up that you can't do it because we have a subconscious that keeps us alive, but it's the loudest thing in our lives. Um, Matthew Ferry, who is a, a coach, mm -hmm. a, a mindset coach, he calls it the drunk monkey, right? Mm -hmm. And and I wholeheartedly ascribe to that. If you guys don't know who Matthew Ferry is, look him up. He's a great dude. Um, what's up, Matthew? Uh, so Matthew talks about the drunk monkey and um, that drunk monkey is real. It's your subconscious. It's your subconscious telling you no. Mm -hmm. Don't be an entrepreneur. It's not safe. Um, don't take that risk. It's not safe. Your nine to five is safe. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. It 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 literally does all the things it can to keep you small and alive. Keeps you safe and safe. Yeah. Right. Um, and I and I, th I th I'm thankful to my subconscious because I still don't know how I get to work every morning. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm so distracted while I'm driving. I, I don't know what got me from my house to my office, but I'm there. No mm. one's dead. Mm -hmm. So my subconscious serves its purpose. But when it comes to my hopes and my dreams, it needs to sit in the back seat and shut up. Right. Because now I want my spirit to take the driver's seat. And mm. that's what I think drives it. So that was a long answer to that question. But how I got good at it was just doing it and being yeah. forgiving of myself for not doing it well. Right. And I don't think you need to be perfect at it. You just need to do it. Yes. Um, is there an app that you prefer? So now I, uh, I'm, I'm really into uh, Insight Timer. It's an app that I, I use and there's a, um, a subgroup in Insight Timer. It's a free app, guys. So download it today if you can. Um, and then there's a subgroup within Insight Timer called Stress Fit. And it's all one word, Stress Fit. And, and they have guided meditations in there that range anywhere between eight minutes and an hour. And I'm really digging them. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of uh, power there. So if any of you are looking to embark on that as something that you're looking to try or do, uh, I'd start there. Awesome. Um, see what else is there? What would you say, would you say it'd be highly beneficial for someone to get a license if you're in the business of wholesaling? Yes, I do. I think that having a license opens many doors for you. I think that when you're in seller appointments that you can wear a different hat when you're in those seller appointments that you can go for the the cash buy. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also if you if you walk into a retail house trying to buy, give them a cash offer, it doesn't work. It could be offensive. It, it could be offensive. Right. And it's not the right thing to do. It's yeah. not the right solution. You want to find the highest and best solution for your seller, mm -hmm. not for you. Right. Right. And so having a license gives you the opportunity to choose another path that could be the highest and best solution for your seller. So I, I highly recommend doing it. Yeah. And if you, even if you don't want to list it, you can refer it and get paid legally. Yes. Yes. Staying out of jail is one of those priorities. Right. But you need a license to refer it. You need a license to get paid, to legally. Get paid legally. Right. Yeah. So, and so that's something that, you know, I still see all the time, you know, people talk about bird dogging fees and, and, and so on, like paying your mailman a thousand dollars. I'm of the opinion that's highly illegal. It is. It's not an opinion. It's the truth. But everyone preaches it. Everyone pushes it. And, you know, we're talking about regulations coming down. Like, we don't need regulations. Like, that law already exists. Right. But it's not enforced today. Right. Until it is. Until it is. Until someone's made an example of. Yep. Um, see what else is there. Uh, Warner wants to know, what's your biggest struggle right now? Oh, my biggest struggle right now. Um, finishing my book. <laughs> I already, I already chalked that off. Jamil's, no. Jamil's writing a check for $12,000 to me. I am not writing On August a check 31st, because 2020, because his book won't be done. Um, 
So I've talked to Josiah about it as well, and I'm bringing in bigger guns to help me as well. Not bigger than you, but I'm bringing in other additional guns. Backup. To, to help backup to help me make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so... I hope so. Um, well, actually, I kind of hope you don't because I need my... <laughs> I am going to write the book. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. It's. I mean, it's. It, the skeleton is there. I'm filling in the pieces right now. Yeah. Um, it's called The Energy of Money. Awesome. And uh, you guys are going to love it. Yeah. But if you don't, everyone needs to know, August 31st, send Jamil a message of whether he's finished the book or wrote a check to Steve. Well, the day of reckoning will come. <laughs> Let's see what other questions there are. Guys, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, IW Assault, I'm guessing that's not their real name. Uh, would you recommend finding buyers, searching records for who big wholesalers are, and quick calming their deals to? Quick claiming their deals to them? Um, so is he asking how I to guess find like, buyers? Would you recommend uh, searching records for big wholesalers? Sure, I recommend that. I, I also recommend getting onto wholesalers lists. Um, but I gave a, I, I did a YouTube video the other day where I gave a tip out that um, I got a text message about last night where a student of mine made a $47,500 assignment fee. How much? $47,500 assignment fee on, uh, on a tip that I gave him where um, he needed to find a buyer. And and so I'm gonna share it with your audience as mm-hmm. well. Um, so the tip is guys, if you're looking for a buyer for your deal right now, right? And that's right now, not, not a buyer who's ready tomorrow or a buyer who's ready last week, because they're still real buyers, but timing is huge on mm-hmm. in a buyer's life, right? And so how do you find the buyer that wants to buy today? And so what I do and what I've been, uh, and this is one of, you know, a hundred things that our intake team does to mm-hmm. find buyers so I can share it, right? Cause we've got 99 others, but um, here's one. So what we'll do is we'll look at the daily listings on the MLS. So brand new properties that are listed on the MLS that appear to be flips. Mm-hmm. Um, and why that's important. Cause usually people would skip past those, right? They'd say, oh, that's a flip. I don't care. And they keep looking, they look for the garbage house mm-hmm. cause that's the one they want to buy. Um, but the reason why it's important to look for the flip is that investor who listed his property today is ready to buy today. Yeah. And how do you know? Because I just got beat out by a, a, a smaller wholesaler who b- sold to my buyer because he actually was looking at the taking my advice and, and looked at the MLS, saw his listing, got listed, reached out, sold him a deal. Mm-hmm. And um, so it works. Yeah. The timing there is the timing hack, right? Mm-hmm. You are literally getting in front of them the day they need the deal. The right time. The right time. So so that's what I do. And how do you find if it's a flip or not? Uh, you look at the pictures. Are they professional photos? It's HGTV. Right? Um, are, you know, has it been greatly updated? Uh, and are the closets empty? If there's mm-hmm. no clothes in the closet, that's a flip. If there's clothes in the closet, it's just a, a nice house, yeah. right? So um, what I do then is I find the owner, skip trace them, call them. I also reach out to the real estate agent because if she's representing one flipper, she's representing five Mm. or he's representing five. And I reach out to them and I say, I know that you represent uh, rehabbers. I have a property and actually one very close to the one that your seller just listed today. And would you like to do another deal or would you like to send them the opportunity? And guys, it is gold. Like, you know, Curtis Harvey, shout out to you and your assignment. That's so dope, bro. But 47,500 bucks off that tip, right? So I hope all of you um, can start building your cash buyers list that way. You know, it's awesome. Keegley's not in every market right now, but I still want you to sell your deal. Yeah. So so be proactive and and build your list. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Jason Toledo wants to know, other than meditation, what would you recommend for people that are trying to get it together? I think how you speak to yourself is really important. You know, um, how how you talk to yourself and how you talk to um, even other people, but mainly yourself, mm-hmm. is is really an indication of of where things are right now. So, are you hard on yourself a lot? Do you say negative things to yourself? Do you say, "Oh, you're so stupid. I'm so stupid." I'm so ugly, I'm so fat, I'm worthless, nobody likes me. Um, I have no friends, I'll never be able to do this. This is so hard, I don't understand. My Mm -hmm. brain doesn't work. 
if you if any of those things I just said right now are, are phrases or, or feelings that you have about yourself, um, I would take inventory of them. I would make make yourself aware of them first because a lot of us aren't aware. Right. Um, so awareness is the first thing because it's a dark place, right? So shine light on it with awareness. And then I would start really chipping away at trying to change that. So when you catch yourself saying something to yourself that's negative, that's hard, um, change it. Change it up. Mm-hmm. Say the exact opposite. And it doesn't need to be believed at that time. But when you start changing the internal dialogue that you're having with yourself, you'll start to change how you feel about yourself. When you start changing how you feel about yourself, you'll start changing how you feel about others. Yeah. When you start changing how you feel about others, you'll start attracting them to you. Right. And when you bring them to you, you bring opportunities. And those opportunities become what you're looking for. Yeah. I love it. And one thing I'll add on top of that is just having a gratitude journal. Just writing down one to five things you're grateful for every day. Love that. Love that. Um, Because you can't be... You can't be grateful and unhappy. You I can't. Don't, I don't think it works. You can't. It's like, um, what was it, Daniel Tosh? Like, you never see anyone like on a jet ski, like frowning. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Warner Kuroga wants to know, aside from wholesaling, do you hotel? Do you hotel? We don't. Okay. Um, and then the follow-up question is, if not, how come? I'm fast jack, baby. You know, I... Um, Wholetailing is is a, is a totally different thing. It requires cash. It requires, not that we don't have it, but it requires so much, right? You got to buy it, close it, hold it, sell it, list it, wait for the flip rule. Like there's so many things. It ties up money for so long and mm. there's opportunity cost to that money, right? Mm. For us also, we're a B2B wholesaler, right? We're a business to business wholesaler. We're not a business to consumer wholesaler. We're business yeah. to business. And so because we're business to business, we have to be in alignment with our deal partner. Mm-hmm. And if their goal is not a wholesale, their goal is to take their assignment fee and move it, then our goal is to take the assignment fee and move it, right? Yeah. And so um, the opportunities don't present themselves as often as you might think they do. And secondly, I personally love the burden hand ideology. So if I can wholesale a deal and get my 10 grand now, I'm way way more likely to do that than to you know look for maybe a higher profit margin waiting yeah and i have i subscribe to the same philosophy even though we are taking more deals down now yes you know i'd rather take five thousand today than twenty thousand in, in three months right right because the amount of time you spend to get that twenty thousand it's a lot and there's things there's brain damage in in, in retailing you know yeah there's binzers there's inspections there's agents there's lenders there's title <laughs> there's so many things there are a lot of pieces involved yes. uh i'm gonna this is the last question and this is from Fogtown king how can you find out how much a wholesaler made on a deal looking at public records or is there some other way to find out how much a wholesaler made so Fogtown, i'm going to challenge that thinking and i'm going to say why does it matter yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter how much a wholesaler made and you shouldn't be looking at what other people are making on things. Yeah. It's not for us. If that's not your money, it's not your money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't focus on that. I focus on what I can make. I focus on what I can do. Uh, and so I would, I would suggest, uh, Fogtown, that um, change focus off of others, off of what they've made try to find who they are if your focus is finding them that's great but finding out what they made that's a little bit intrusive yeah right irrelevant um, and it's irrelevant yeah. to the to what we're doing so i would i would stay focused on the important things who they are how you can connect and how you can do business and and then focus on how much you make yeah awesome so i'm gonna let you take a minute think about what message you want to leave everyone with uh, and i'll make a couple quick announcements so guys uh, workshop is June tenth uh, through twelfth, so I think that's that's two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks away, June tenth through twelfth. Uh, if you guys want to see if it makes sense for you, go to disruptors.com/workshop. And like I said, uh, every everyone that's gone, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. I don't think anyone's ever gone and it's like, oh, that was terrible. Uh, so if you guys want to learn how we build our business, uh, we're going to share anything and everything 
uh, on those two and a half days. And then in two weeks, Ryan Pineda is coming back. Yeah. And he's going to talk about, I mean, all sorts of different things. But I think how to be a TikTok, <laughs> how Super to be amazing star. on TikTok. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's going on in the market and uh, what his team did during COVID and how they're crushing it in Vegas while everyone else thought the world was crashing. Yes. He crushed it in Vegas. So I love Ryan Pineda. Yeah. Like he is, he is such a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Vegas, he was the best host. Um, we chat every once in a while, but we just chatted a couple weeks ago, and he's working with our Vegas franchise pretty yeah. pretty closely. Awesome. Um, uh, he's also a new dad. Yeah. And again, uh, again. Yeah. and uh, I just think he's the coolest guy. So uh, ch- follow that. And I, can I just double down on the workshop mm-hmm. because I attended the yeah. first part of it. And I'm telling you guys, uh, in terms of value, there is nothing that I have seen that matches that. It's a, it's a powerhouse situation. Steve has the, the connections to bring the brightest minds in the business into one room. And then he makes it all about you. Yeah. Right? And uh, I witnessed it and it was special. And so I highly recommend it to anybody that is on the fence or thinking about it. Um, I endorse it and I think it's great what you're doing. I applaud you for it. Awesome, thank you. Uh, and for you guys that are still watching, make sure you guys send a message to Ryan Pineda. Let him know that Steve thinks his Tesla looks okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Starting a little bit of beef, trying to raise our followers. Love it, love it. <laughs> All right, last message. So um, my last message is, guys, um, your dreams can be real. Yeah. I mean, it's dreams can come true. Do come they, true. It's they, not they just do. a Disney saying. They do. And... Uh, um, it's really, it starts in your heart, starts in your, your mind. And, uh, beyond that, you just say yes to the world and mm-hmm. it happens. Um, if you're interested in a franchise, reach out to us, please at franchise at Keegley.com. Send an email again in the subject line, say, I want to talk to Jamil because yep. I want to talk to you personally. I don't want to have uh, a salesperson speak to you. I want to speak to you. If I resonate with you, if, if for whatever if anything I'm saying is is hitting you in a way that that feels right, let's chat. Um, and uh, I look forward to being your partner. And if not, I look forward to the conversation. Uh, but I just thank everybody who supported us all this time. And uh, I can't wait to see what tomorrow brings. Awesome. If someone wants to get a hold of you besides email. How would they get a hold of you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at at jdamji at j d-a-m-j-i and guys give me some love on my youtube channel uh i put out some fire content there i'm i have a video that's that's done really well where i train people how to comp and i think that knowing how to comp houses is probably the foundation of being a good wholesaler because if you can know what value is then you don't make mistakes credibility is so important yes and you can be dismissed yes and it's unrecoverable. You make a bad first impression. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, if you um, if you feel inclined, go to YouTube. Write my name, Jamil Damji, J A M I L D A M J I, in YouTube in the search uh, field, and subscribe to my channel and watch the videos. You'll make me happy. Um, and yes, Diane. Sorry, July tenth through twelfth. I don't know what I said earlier, uh, but guys, thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. No handshakes, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see we real estate disruptors Can't nobody touch us And yeah, we about to give you game Shout out to Steve Train Real estate disruptors